Good afternoon, traders. Uh, thanks for joining me today on this Convergent Trading public event on how to grow a small trading account. I want to remind you that derivatives trading is not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. First and foremost, let's see. Um, let's uh, just get a quick mic check for everybody. Just let me know if it's five by five, uh, how I'm coming across to you. And then we're going to dive right in here. Uh, let's start with our first slide here, which covers um, what we basically are going to talk about today. Uh, here I am. Hello, everybody. Uh, so today's objectives are we're going to define uh, what a small account is. What are we talking about when we're talking about a small account? Different people have different ideas. And then the other piece is uh, what we should get out of this session. I want you to walk away with something that you can apply to your trading starting maybe this afternoon, maybe tomorrow. Uh, what type of growth we're aiming for when we're talking about growth here and the key requirements on how to grow a small, uh, small account. There are some things that we have to put together in order to uh, see results. Uh, setting up, setting uh, setting a clear and actionable process for trading, uh, and what we do to grow a prop trader. As many of you know, my background is prop. I came from a prop trading environment. I've always traded in a professional environment, uh, and I ran a prop shop um, for for quite some time, um, backing traders financially and training traders to trade my um, corporate. Uh, accounts. So we want you to walk away with uh, with some actionable items. So here's the thing with this. I know the market's moving. Try to focus. There's going to be a lot of content here covered in the next 45 minutes. So it's going, you know, just uh, just get a hold of your chair. Um, and and the, the thing I want to remind you about is that there will be a chance you can type in your question at any point in the GoToWebinar chat box or in uh, YouTube. Uh, Landau here is going to uh, do the best he can to pull up the questions that are relevant, but I invite you to re-watch um, re this at a later date. It'll be on YouTube, it'll be recorded, and you will be sent uh, a, a, a reminder of where it is. So what do we define as a small account? Um, small account is, you know, any account with $50,000 uh, capitalization or less for minis and other products, anything uh, uh, 50,000 or less is considered a small account. I know that's shocking because, you know, there are some clearing firms or brokers out there that'll open an e-mini account for like 1500 bucks or something, but this is not what's in your favor. This isn't uh, this isn't something you'd want to be a part of. Um, any account with five thousand dollars or less uh, for micro, small, and nano products is considered a small account as well. Regardless of our capitalization, we must start uh, start out as small as possible. So if, even if you have a fifty thousand dollar account and you're trading micros, don't um, expect that because you have all that credit, you have all that money in there, don't expect that somehow you could, uh, you know, just get in there and just 
figure it out. It does not work. Um, don't expect to watch some YouTube influencer or someone on uh, TikTok or Discord or whatever, Twitch or whatever, and to duplicate their success, uh, even if you're well capitalized. It is just not smart. It is important to follow the process that I'm outlining here. This is what we're covering today is really prop material. Um, and so I want you to follow along and, and practice this and try it before you go out and waste your money on the market. So we must allow us, uh, the, the capitalization, our account must allow us to use margin and risk for trade reasonably. In other words, if we have such an account, such a small account that we are trading e-minis for, uh, for you know $500 or $300, you're very, your risk of ruin is very high and this is not advisable. Uh, we must have enough money so that we can withstand the size of stop that we have to use in the product we use it. So if you are in the NASDAQ, for example, uh, the NASDAQ currently requires, I forget what the stop size is. I think it's something like, um, I don't have my sheet in front of me, but because I don't actively trade the NASDAQ, that product's crazy. Um, if you're in the NASDAQ, the stop size is somewhere around 30 points. Uh, the statistical stop size is around 30 points. And if we cannot take that size stop and still um, maintain a small amount of risk, a, a capital, uh, risk capital in our account, in other words, we're not giving up a huge portion of our account, you know, five or 10% of our account every time we get a full stop on, in the NASDAQ, then we are undercapitalized. Uh, we need to move to uh, to a micro product or we need to move to a, a small product. So when you're looking at your account size, you really have to consider margin. Uh, very important to consider margin. Uh, always capitalize considering that you have to have at least full margin per contract traded plus some. Full margin, even though you're day trading uh, and you can, you can get more leverage from your broker or whatever. I think some out there are giving $50 margins on micro ES. Again, this is not in your favor. This is not advisable. I don't believe that you should trade uh, or be concerned with margin of that level. It is really designed to make you active. It's not designed for you to be sustainably growing your account, small account. You, know, uh, you uh, the your account size must all uh, our account size must also give us an opportunity to earn growth of our size as we make gains. So what that means is we don't really size up until we've earned through our performance. We don't just dump money, add money into our account, and trade bigger. We need to earn that second contract, third contract, fourth contract, and fifth contract, and so on. Um, and so we have to have a, an account size large enough to make the mistakes, have the drawdowns, and then be able to earn the ability to trade a little bit bigger. Uh, the, account, the account should also give us, uh, for our chosen product, it must align, our chosen product must align with our account size and tolerance, like I talked about, you know, you're trading the DAX or the NASDAQ or something, uh, it doesn't make sense to trade with a minute, the minimum amount that your broker or clearing firm allows. What we should get out of this session. So let's talk about what, what we'd like you to walk away from 
to walk away with during this session. We want a we want you to gain a clear perspective on what it really takes to grow your account. There are many, many items out there that are likely to skew your expectations uh, on what you should be able to do with a futures account. You may be a veteran, you may be new, you may be coming from CFDs or Forex or equities or whatever. I could talk forever about the advantage of trading futures. Again, they're not suitable for all investors, but um, it's really important for you to to just understand uh, that it's a that it's a process. Okay, so you so we're gonna. I expect that by the time we're done here, you start you're starting to think about putting together the pieces that we need to to have in order to make measurable progress. Um, it's really important also to know ourselves. So our a part of the process is to discuss our mindset and other things we need to understand ourselves we i know that sounds like frou-frou stuff but if you don't if we don't know how we respond to losing if we don't know how how we respond to frustration if we're not aware of our emotional response then we are likely to blow up and just go into the very very large mountain of of people who have tried to trade in some way, whether it's futures, equities, uh, crypto, whatever, and and have had to go away. Knowing ourselves is a big part of this. We must know our market and product. We must really be able to answer some questions on our approach. Really important for us to understand why the market should pay us for the way that we trade. If we cannot explain that, if we're using just a simple, you know, moving average crossover. Uh, uh, method, we have to we have to step back and say, but why should the market pay for that? I'm using a, you know, an eight over 21 moving average and scalping off of that. Why is that even going to pay? Um, and then we have to have an expectation that this process is slow and patience is very important, which is where we lose a lot of people. Right? We want the results now. Um, so let's move on. What type of growth we are aiming for? Um, hitting a couple of good trades or catching a big sell-off like we have here today on the 21st of April in the indices. And all of a sudden you've, you know, you caught the trade right. You had the right amount of size. You maximized your short, uh, and you've doubled your account today, let's say. That's not growth. That's just luck. That's just that's kind of a gamble that was taken, and it paid off. And you have a 50/50 chance that that would happen. So we're not talking about that kind of growth. We're after sustainable, slow, steady growth. Because with sustainable, slow, steady growth, we get confidence, and we get an understanding of all of the weaknesses the error the weaknesses of our approach the errors of our within our that are committed by our uh, expectations our personality traits and that's what allows us to get bigger and bigger and bigger so experiencing the setbacks as we grow slowly is um is required for us to understand our boundary so we need to cross a line right our goal is to kind of overcome and cross a line every day because if we're not overcoming and crossing a line, 
we're not really growing. If we don't look back a year ago, six months ago and think, wow, I was such an idiot for doing that, or if I was such an idiot for thinking that, then we're not really growing, right? That's a sign of growth that there's that we are progressing over time. Um, and so it is uh, it, it is a sustainable process. Our growth is should show up in our performance. And let me guess, let me ask you, what is performance? How does growth show up in performance? Go ahead and answer. If you're on YouTube, if you're on um, GoToWebinar, you can type in the chat box in front of you in the live chat. What is performance? Okay. So performance for most people is money. I click, I make money, I performed. That's not performance. For anybody who's growing their account in a prop shop, at a trade desk, at whatever, at the very beginning, you know, at the tail end, you know, once they've made the turn and hit critical mass and they're producing, um, performance is how much you're taking out of the market. But performance until you've grown that account is really about process, the perfection with which you execute, and expectancy. For me, it's always been expectancy. I want to see that your results are growing. Yeah, you know, you're not covering your, maybe you're not covering commissions, maybe you're losing in your PL, but I can see that even though you're losing, it is stable. You're stabilizing. It's not a dive. That there is that your your win win percentage is is stabilizing. Maybe not positive yet. Maybe there's no PL to show for it. Uh, your expectancy is stabilizing. Your percent full stop statistics is stabilizing. The amount of heat you take is stabilizing. That's where performance shows. That's that's what growth where growth comes from. That's what we're targeting to grow a small account. Even if you're in a combine or a gauntlet or whatever they're called, and you're looking to be funded stay within the parameters of the program but don't focus on the dollars they're focused on the dollars for their reasons but what you need to be focused on is did i execute the plan right today did i make a plan and execute it right today because that's in the long term that's how you grow a small account it's not sexy it doesn't sell books it doesn't sell courses it doesn't sell indicators but it's the truth Okay, so you're going after growth in your performance, perfection in your execution. Then it shows up in PL. It will eventually show up in, in your PL, hopefully. We expect to add size responsibly while holding everything else steady. So if I came along and I'm backing you and you're trading a small account, so we have a $5,000 account, you're trading some micro nano product or whatever small product. I'm going to be, I'm not going to be so worried about how much it's costing every day, what your fees are. I'm not going to be concerned about that. That's a sunk cost. What I'm going to be concerned about is, did you do what you said you would do? Did you respond to the market the way you said you would? And then uh, when we see that you are, uh, then I'm going to be pushing you to, um, when we see that you're accumulating gains, 
over time, I'm going to be pushing you to add one more contract and keep everything else steady. So we expect to add size responsi uh, responsibly while holding everything else steady. So we don't grow by trading that same two lot, but going for larger targets. No, we grow by keeping the exact same stop sizes, the exact same scale outs and targets or whatever you've got and trading larger, trading larger and larger and larger. That's what we're after. This is very, this is seldom talked about in our business, but it is really what helps us grow. We aim to organically grow to the point where we can move out of micro-sized products into mini or full-size products. So we're not gonna pay off our mortgage, we're not gonna pay the rent, we're not gonna pay for that new car, we're not gonna pay for our kids' education or whatever. Trading micro-products, that's a given, that's a given. You'd have to trade you know, 100 contract lots or something like that. Our intent here, even on a $50,000 account, is to get off of a simulator. We wanna just be off a simulator as soon as we can, and then apply our experience and collect our data, our trading and performance data, from our uh, small or micro trades or small trades. And over time, we're looking to grow to the point that we can then Let's say our program started on a two lot micro. That is your default size. You have a two lot micro, you're using a three point stop in the ES, you're using a three point scale, and you're using a 12 point target. That's how the trade is configured, okay? Um, what we want you to do is grow to the, the account to trade three lots and take your two scales at um, three points and your target stays at 12. Then we, want, then we want you to take one scale at three points and take two at 12 on a three lot. We don't want you to change anything. Then we want you to go to a fourth. Uh, this is working and we want you to go to a fourth. Now you're taking two at three points, two at 12 points. We want you to go to a fifth. Now you take three at three points, two at 12. Now you go to a sixth. We want you to take three at three points, three at 12. You see how this works? And at some point, we want you to grow to the point that you you can manage either financially or psychologically, you can manage two in the minis. Then we reduce your size back to two lots, and then we go to the minis. And now you have the confidence, it basically trades the same, it basically looks the same, it basically uh, uh, follows the same pattern. Now we want you to go to two lot minis, and now we're getting the PL. The expectancy should remain the same. The PL is 10 times larger, 10 times worse, uh, depending on, on the flow. Uh, and that's what that's how we grow things. Okay. So let's talk about the key requirements on how to grab, uh, how to grow a small account. So there's a checklist that we've put together uh, and you can get that checklist by going to go to ct.pro forward slash growth dash checklist. Landau, it'd be really cool if you can pop that into uh, the GoToWebinar chat for everybody that, uh, 
that uh, link and also for YouTube to pop that into the live chat and in YouTube pin it, please. Uh, that would be really cool. So here's the checklist I'm talking about. So you can get a copy of this. Let's see. Yeah. You can get a copy of this. Um, just just go to the uh, go to that uh, URL. Go to ct.pro forward slash growth dash checklist, and you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to get this. Uh, you just put in your email, or whatever, and you'll get a copy of this. So let's go through the checklist. The first prerequisites to growing a small account mindset very important. You have to have a growth mindset. A growth mindset means you do not believe that you were born a certain way, that your mind is um, fixed, that you are an old dog and can't learn to new tricks. That is called a fixed mindset. You want to have a growth mindset. You want to do what it takes to understand that as a human being, you're constantly choosing to adapt. If you believe that you cannot adapt or you cannot overcome or you can't get something done, then you're guaranteed not to be able to get something done. It's that simple. Um, you're, you're, um, this is a, a very core thing. So when I was recruiting for prop, prop traders, one of the first things I wanted to see is a growth mindset. The other thing I wanted to see is grit. I really needed someone, I needed a trader to be able to take up, take a few punches to the jaw, get knocked out and stand back up and show up and follow the process. Very, very important. So a growth mindset is very important in that we believe that through focused, deliberate effort, we can we can grow and learn and whatever until the day we die. Okay, there's no limitation on how we grow. So mindsets, the core psychology is of course the base. Who you are fundamentally is at the base of this. Market selection. So with market selection, this dictates your account size. This dictates the kind of risk tolerance and personality uh, um, you have relating to the product that you're trading. And so it's it's really important to pay attention to two items. The first one being liquidity, right? If in a, if you're someone who needs like a quick pop, quick pop, quick trades, then you're looking at products like the NASDAQ, micro NASDAQ, DAX, mini DAX, micro DAX, um, crude oil, micro crude oil, uh, you know, small exchange oil, that sort of stuff. It's very quick. It's just the problem with those products, of course, is that they don't really respect support resistance in a way that allows us to really see the turn. When you choose a more liquid product like the S&P, it's kind of thin right now, the S&P, the, the treasuries, the bund, the bund and so on, uh, when you when you choose those kinds of products, you have. Hang on, let me pop this in. I'm not sure what's going on with Landau. Let's. Um, there's the URL for the checklist if you wish to grab it. 
There you go. Um, so um, market selection is important. Liquidity, uh, ES, bonds, uh, FTSE, uh, Euro stocks, 50, that, those sorts of products have more liquidity and are better at respecting support, resistance, and so on. Um, the edge identification. So this is a process where there's an iterative um, uh, process that goes around and around and around. And it's it's really important to work this out uh, initially in, on a chart, then on a simulator, and then walk forward in a micro environment. Uh, having an edge can be very dramatically improved by having a proper R factor. And R factor is just our R factor is essentially describing how much we are risking, how much we're, we're getting in return per unit of risk. So if we have a two lot three point stop that's worth six points, but then getting our three lot scale and our 12 lot exit gives us 15 points, 15 divided by six is two point whatever, three, three, three or whatever. And that's our R factor. We want our R factor to be two or better. So we want to get paid twice as much on a fully closed target trade versus a full stop out. So for every full stop out, uh, we, we can make up two stop outs with one good trade, one complete trade, not good, but complete trade. So having that edge, the defining your edge and then going and doing the mathematics required to figure out your R factor, which dictates how you put on the, where you put on the trade, it dictates how you control, how you manage, exit the trade. That is a big piece of the puzzle. And doing this consistently day after day is a big part of, um, of growing an account, a small account. Error planning. This is identifying the errors that we have. I've talked, if you can go on YouTube and look up Future Trader 71, errors. I've talked about this a lot. There's a sheet that I've put out there that uh, goes over what the different error types are. We wanna understand our errors. We, under, we wanna understand how we emotionally respond to these errors and have a plan to mitigate or reduce these errors. In fact, most traders come in every day and your primary objective is to uh, destroy your errors, is to just get rid of your errors. Understanding market conditions, recognizing market conditions is an important piece. Um, so when the market's not behaving in a way that suits us, we need to be able to, under, to see, and we can see this by a market that's not respecting any of our levels, it's not, it's not doing what we expect and what we have studied to, to eke out our edge. Um, and so we have a plan for that. We, we can step back, we can cut size, we can just not trade, we can go do something else, okay? Preparation. So I'm gonna go over an example of preparation here in a minute. Preparation has to be consistent. Those of you who watch my trader bite have seen that I, I follow the same stuff. Members of Convergent Trading see that I post the same thing every morning. I change it, but it's the same process, the same process. Everything is the same. 
having a consistent approach makes it so that it is muscle memory, it's automated, it's not something I'm debating, reinventing, thinking about every day, it's just getting it done. Kind of like how you might set your feet uh, and hold your racket before a tennis serve. It's always the same. You bounce the ball four times. You throw it up a certain way. Your racket gets pulled up, pulled back a certain way. There's no thought. This is what we want, you know. Or, or swinging a golf club. You're always your stance is the same. Your the ball is teed up the same. You want to repeat that. The 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 other piece is accountability. This is by far the biggest advantage to being in a trading group or trading for a fund or trading for a prop shop or trading on a trade desk is you're accountable. As human beings, we're very, very good at creating excuses or forgetting that we did something wrong. It's too painful to hold ourselves accountable, so we just kind of let it float by. Accountability is big and it's a, it's a key part of the process. Those are your eight key pieces. So. That takes us to this next slide where I want to remind you that all of this is being talked about, reinforced and repeated and so on. I'm, I created convergent trading to really change how traders change, uh, how traders trade and how to progress without just kind of muddling along over time. I created convergent trading. If you're interested in, in joining, you can go to go to ct.pro forward slash store Again, go to ct.pro forward slash store and built into convergent trading is accountability service, accountability partner service, the accountability journal, uh, the chat room with the head traders where I'm going through what I'm seeing. Uh, we're posting trades as best as we can when we're in there. Uh, and also included in this is the trade right program, which gives you the key pieces forces you through a funnel basically of key pieces that you need to put together in order to help grow a small account or to grow as a trader, period. Okay, so we're half hour in. Now we're gonna dig down into uh, the, the, the actionable steps, setting a clear and actionable process for trading, having done our price map. So the first thing we wanna do is define where we wanna trade. So as part of your methodology, you're, you need to decide where you're gonna trade. I do this by going through a process of understanding the narrative and, and um, really being very clear about what the narrative is so that I can have a chance at, at um, discovering or, or setting out a plan for where I think the market is going to respond. So the first step we wanna, we want to have is we want to create a price map, okay? And part of what I talk about during the Trader Bite every morning is that price map. Many of you have seen the bands on my charts, and and my scenarios are built around those bands or some key areas on the chart. This must be done without thought. So you can go through and run through and say, okay, given how far the range is, given how the market has responded to these areas, given the features uh, of the price action or the volume profile or the market profile or the geometry or whatever you're using, the fibs, doesn't matter, um, as long as you understand it. Given all that, these are the areas I'm looking to trade. I'm not gonna trade in other areas, 
period. So this reduces the amount of anxiety and the amount of watching 15 different charts to try to figure out what you're supposed to be doing. Your price map simply says, here's, here's where you're gonna act, okay? By letting, uh, then you execute based on that price map. So what specifically do we need to see to execute a trade? Once we execute a trade, we take our hands off. So hopefully your trading platform has you set a bracket, the bracket is server-based, and you can just let the market do what it's gotta do. So, you know, you set your bracket, you don't interfere with the trade. Um, most people, in my experience, believe that once they put the trade on, they immediately believe that they have gained more information, and so try they try to manage a trade while they're in a trade. And I'm going to tell you that this is an illusion because it's it's either an illusion or a very poor trading plan because all of the thinking should have happened before the trade was put on. The risk has, should have been defined. Your targets should have been defined. Your R factor should be strong. And you just put it on and just don't interfere with the trade. Just let it work to its completion. Interfering with the trade is an error. It is the number one error for traders. And as a result, you end up with random results. So if you're constantly interfering with the trades and now you're troubleshooting, you know, you have an accountability partner and they're asking, well, what do you want to do? You can't answer that question because it's just all random. But if you know that you're constantly getting stopped and then it ends up hitting your target afterwards, you know that there's an adjustment in your stop that's needed and you need to change your targets a little bit, adjust your targets a little bit or accept a lower R factor or something. But if you close the trade because it went and it came back to your entry and then you closed it because you didn't think it would work, then there's no information there. It's just random record the outcome in the terms so most of us keep a trading log or we look at our PL on our screen don't look at your PL on your screen your PL is irrelevant to growing your account it really is it's irrelevant current now uh it'll be relevant later but what you want to pay attention to is how did you respond to what the market offered how did you manage the trade once you were in there and that's what you wanna be taking notes on and grading. Is there anything you can improve in terms of how well you execute it, okay? Our key focus is to execute perfectly. That's, that's the goal, execute perfectly. So you've already done the homework, you've got your edge, you've seen your edge work in a simulator, you've made money in a simulator, you know what you're doing, now it's about executing it live and executing it perfectly. So let the results kind of come out and speak for themselves and make adjustments and iterate over time, right? This is something we do in our group mentoring sessions. We talk about what, how to troubleshoot and things like that. Emotions, we can't not talk about emotions. Feeling emotional, I'm tired or frustrated. It's been a very frustrating trade here lately, actually, but the market just whipping kind of Taking, taking me out on my stops on perfectly good trades. It's good to step back and stop. I had to do that on Monday, I think, or Tuesday, where it's just like I started to recognize that I was getting really irritated with how it was trading, and it's my cue to just let go of the mouse and go do something else. Come back with a sharper mindset, 
that may be into the close, it may be the next day. So for a moment, I want to go over uh, actually that something that uh, that that is going on right now. So those of you who don't know about the Trader Byte, every morning at 9 a.m. on my YouTube channel, uh, you can find that at youtube.com forward slash futurestrader71. I do a um, I do a Trader Byte in which I talk about what happened yesterday, what I expected to happen, how it traded. I look at the features of the overnight session. I look at how that may project forward. And I went over this process with everybody this morning. And we talked about how the Delta is acting overnight, how there's no participation by the, the um, higher time frame. And, and there was a discussion, I t discussed how I expect the delta to get back to zero, the cumulative delta to get back to zero and therefore drag prices down with it. And then I went into this thing where I talked about what the key plan is. The key plan is it's likely to push the high, it's likely to push the overnight high and it's likely to go and test the 84, 85. So remember overnight high, which was 98, It'll likely poke through there, poke through the 4,500. You see it on here. This is from this morning's video. Go down to 84.85. If it fails through 84.85, likely to pause in the 75.76 area, uh, bounce around a little bit, and then break through to 67, bounce around a little bit, and then break down into 44.55, and that's my target. What it does from there, what it does past there is not is none of my business I don't really, that's not a trade that I'm going to be a part of, okay? So that's the uh, preparation portion that I just talked about, about growing your small account. You need to have this kind of uh, idea about what the market is likely to do. This here is actual. This is today. So the overnight high is right there, 98 and a quarter. It's got that dashed line in the top left corner. It says push through overnight high, boom. We opened, you see where that vertical cyan line is, 8.30, I'm in Chicago, the market opens at 8.30. 8.30, the market opens and it pushes to 45.08.75 or something like that. And it comes back in, then it pushes again to 45.09, it starts to fail down, okay? And it fails down, bounces around, gives us a mid trade at 98 and quarter. And then we talked about this in the head trader channel at Convergent Trading. Look for the short there, and then it breaks down to 85. There's the next line from our pre-market sheet, 85. Then we once it breaks to 85, it tests it from below. You see those two tests right in the middle of the screen, right here, right there, and there, and then it continues down to where? To the 75, 76 right here. So this is a key target here. You want to have a scale out before this and it tries to bounce through, doesn't do it, comes back, tests from below, right there. Very methodical tests right there. And then it continues lower to 67, muddles around a little bit. And then ultimately the goal is for it to get down into that 44.55, which it did because the low currently is like 44.40 or something like that. I don't know where it is right now. This is the, so we prepared, the, we showed up, we waited, the market gave us a signal as to what is, who's in control, what it wants to do. Find an area, definable area, that's, that's your setup, definable area to take the trade, take the trade, 
You've already defined where your scale outs are. Let the trade work, right? So that's the example here. This is this actually happened today. It's happening right now. Let's see where the market is. Wow, 44.22, much farther than expected. So here's the, the 44.55, and it's it's um, 44.55 was taken. It took out yesterday's low, tested yesterday's low from below right here, this green dashed line, uh, and then pushed to the next stock zone. These gray, these bands, these colored bands, those are the price map from this slide. I'm showing you exactly what i'm doing there's no there are no secrets here that's the price map that's that's bullet point a okay so you can see it here right in front of you at work finally i want to wrap up here by telling you what it takes to grow a prop trader because it's the same whether you're trading your own account and if it's small or large it's the same process here's what it takes to grow a prop trader so whether you're looking to get funded, whether you're trading your own account, whether you've been losing, frustrated, lost, it doesn't matter. The process is the same. You've got to get the work done. You've got to do the work. So what does it take to grow a prop trader? After evaluating the person and checking their aptitude, attitude, mindset, and experience, making sure they're a competitive person. So I'm looking for athletes. I'm looking for those uh, high-performing people, uh, even once hired a musician. You make an offer, they come in. As soon as they come in, the first step is, you know, after doing all the human resource stuff and setting up accounts and things like that, a strong base of knowledge, a strong base of knowledge and understanding of the market. You really need to understand how the auction works. You need to understand how, why the market ticks up or down you need to understand the features of an auction. You need to understand how things operate, the contract you're trading, how it's delivered, when it rolls, all that stuff. So a strong base of knowledge. Consistency in process. So now we're getting into process. Now we're hammering on what do you do now? What do you do now? What do you do now? We want to have the person invent a process. We have a template. But we want them to invent the process and then align with our template, okay? Now they're starting to, um, they've got a process and they're doing it and repeating and recording results and repeating and repeating. And we're starting to kind of, you know, they're in a drawdown, it's frustrating. And it's a lot of meetings, a lot of group mentoring, things like that. Now we're looking at them to increase their size because they've stabilized. Now we want you to increase your size. As people increase size, they start to become very, very serious about the outcome because it gets, it gets into your psychology. So we increase size by having them earn the next contract. So I want you to earn the next contract. We add it, we add it. The truth is, in prop, we don't wait for them to earn the next contract. We push them to take on more size. But this is not recommended if you're if you're your own risk manager. How do we monitor mindset during that process? So we're constantly monitoring how someone is trading. For example, an example I'll give you. One of the traders, a guy named Luke. Um, I can sit in the back of the room, look at the risk screen, see what that trader's PL is, 
and see what kind of a market it is. And I can guess what that trader is probably doing. I know that Luke is, is, is probably not trading. So I look over at his desk, look over at his monitors, and there he is. He is looking at, he's, he's sitting out, he's looking at flights to go see his parents or whatever, because it's not his market. And I can see that he's taken two stop outs and he's just backing off. He's, he's, out, of, he's out of alignment. So that mindset, Understanding someone's mindset is very, very important and understanding that they are able to step back and wait for the next opportunity. We don't want to swing at every ball. We don't want to, we don't want to, you know, if you're a soccer player, we don't want, every time we get the ball, we kick it at the goal every single time. No, we want to set up plays. And sometimes it's good to kick the ball back to your defense, kick it back to the goalie defense goalie defense goalie midfield back to the defense and just slow the game down as a trader we need to recognize when our mindset's not in tune and we need to slow things down so we want to monitor what everybody's attitude is whereas someone else is fighting the market uh, in this case some other traders fighting the market i can see that their leg is twitching i can see their postures is in attack mode and i can see they're just trying to find a trade that's a mindset where it requires interruption i have to i have to send a message i have to say something hey take a break go go take a walk go go get some water go fill your bottle uh, you should not be in, a, in an aggressive mindset unless things are really working well for you and you're, you're in alignment. Today is a selling day. You've been hitting it. Be aggressive. When, when do we push again if we have a setback? We push. We, we have a setback. We look for things to stabilize. We look for this person to get back into their process as quickly as possible. We want to hear what plans they have, what their plan is. We want to compare the plan to what they actually did in terms of execution. And then we want to push them again to up their size and get back in the game. We want people to back off if we've done that and they're not getting into alignment, we want them to back off. Trade smaller, take breaks, take the day off, take a couple of days off, whatever. You need to reset, you need to break that cycle. When do we reduce but stay active? We reduce when, and stay active when we see that a market has been balancing and, and chopping around and now it's ripping up and and we generally make more money on days where the market bounces like the breakout from two days ago or three days ago that's not my trade that's that's a day where i just sat out um so we we stay active we stay engaged with the market but we may trade smaller we, we may not trade at all what is realistic growth and futures trading for a prop trader Past performance is not indicative of future results, but for me, a prop trader, once they go through the cycle and they make the turn and they are performing according to expectations, we're looking for them to generate a large percent return on equity and we're looking for them to grow every month. Every month, I want you to trade bigger, except when you've experienced a drawdown, then we cut and we cut and we cut and then we try to get you back big as quickly as possible. So growth in terms of a of a trader, we're looking for probably somewhere around 10, 10 to 12% growth month on month. Um, my traders on 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 um, uh, as scalpers uh, used to return approximately 60% on equity or 60% on the account value. 
not unnotional. Uh, this is not expected at all these days. It was a market making, scalping kind of environment. But right now, I'm looking for 10 to 15% growth in, in the trader's returns. And again, past performance is not indicative. This is not something you should, you should be focused on. But because these are leveraged products, you can, you can get that return. You can also get a 40% loss in a month, right? Because it is a leveraged product and you're out of alignment and boom, you're, uh, a few trades knock you out, okay? So that's all of it. Landau, what do we have in terms of questions? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure if uh, everything there was absorbed. Yeah, we have uh, our friend Omar here is asking, um, would you recommend placing stops outside of certain reference points um, as opposed to using the harmonic rotation stops? He's also asking the same thing about targets. So would your stops and targets, if you had uh, certain reference points that you wanted to assign your stop to, what do you think about that? So, you know, do I use a fixed stop or do I look at a chart and say, well, hang on, this is support and I'm going to put my stop underneath it? Uh, you can do either or. Frankly, uh, for me, uh, I would prefer the stops to be fixed. But here's the important piece. If you're going to adjust your stops because of a reference, don't forget your R factor. If you expand your stop, not while you're in a trade, but you plan to have a wider stop. Normally you use three, three and a half points, and now you're gonna use five points. One, you need to reduce your size to compensate for the additional risk because we wanna keep our risk per trade versus our account value as consistent as possible. Two, you want to uh, make up for the additional risk by having a, a better or a bigger target. I'm not a fan of doing that. You get too discretionary, you get too murky. Uh, in my opinion, you take the trade where you're able to see that, you know, beyond a certain point, you know, if, if I wanna get long and my stop, and I'm not wrong on this long, for eight points, you know, I would have to have my stop eight points away. And I normally use a three-point stop. That's not a good trade. You have to pass on that trade. It's not a good trade. That's my attitude on it. Just sit back, wait. It might come closer. You might be able to put on the trade with a more reasonable stop. But if, you're, if your stop is so far away, then what are you leaning against in terms of uh, helping support the trade? Right? So this is an important point that you want to keep that as fixed as possible. But if you do adjust it because you're more experienced or what have you, if you do adjust it, I would highly recommend that you make sure your R factor stays the same. So if you keep your targets the same and you expand your stop by 50%, you just lost, depending on the number of units you have, you just lost 30% of your R factor you know, or 25% of your R factor. Uh, and And that's not that's going to show up over time as a lower expectancy, a lower edge. What else do we have? Uh, the next question is, does using scale outs make you more profitable? I personally use a set stop with a set limit of 2.5 to 3R, and I've found that 
moving stops to break even cost me money? Um, moving stops to break even versus scaling out. Is that the question? I think the I think he's asking. He has a set target, just a single a single uh single bullet exit, and okay. he's saying that when he moves the stop to break even, then that's costing him him money as opposed to if he got some scale outs in the trade, he would uh you know get partial profits there. So he's wondering exactly. what, if scale outs make you more profitable overall. I don't know if they make you more profitable. I can't answer that intelligently without looking at your trade management scheme. What is your scheme that gets you your R factor? Why does that make sense for your product? There's questions related to that. So I can't answer that specifically. But I like to scale out. Pretty much everybody I know that trade size scales in and or scales out, right? And And to me, because we can't be so precise, uh, scaling out allows us to create asymmetrical risk. Like for example, if I have a two lot and um, if I have a two lot with a three point stop, same example, three point scale, 12 point target, I know that as soon as it gets to a three point, that three point scale and that scale is gone, those are three points that cover my three points stop remaining on that one lot. So one lot got filled for three points. Now I have credit. And now my theoretical average moves to my stop. It moves from my entry to my stop. I don't move my stop to break even just because I got a three point scale out. No, because then you're chopping yourself to pieces. If you're someone who moves their stop to break even on a scale out or because the market moved a little bit in your direction, you're really great in terms of your broker because you're trading a lot for no purpose at all. Don't do that. Instead, hold steady, understand that you haven't made money in the trade yet because it can turn around, hit your stop and take you out at your stop. And therefore you would lose your commissions and fees. But what we're after is a perfect trade. We're after a perfectly executed trade. Don't touch your stop, cover your risk. This is your number one priority, cover your risk. And now you can just relax and, and, and your brain can, can function normally and can regain objectivity about the market. Let it work towards your target. Whereas I put on a two lot with a three point stop, 12 point target, I have 100% exposure throughout the trade until it hits a 12-point target or a three-point stop. I have full exposure all the time. I don't like that. So I want to create asymmetry. And my job is to take a trade that gets me that scale out. I want that scale out. Hey, is this has this moved? Has this rubber band expanded enough that it can snap back and therefore I can take a long and snap back into um into my scale out. If so, then I can then relax on the trade. I don't move my stop. I do move my stop and I do look at break even if we have moved more than a couple of rotations or we've created zippers and moved away. And I discussed that many times at length within Convergent Trading's uh, webinars. There's many, there are many webinars where I talk about how I'm managing risk. But I think all in, all out is a tough tough game 
uh, and moving stops to break even is also a tough game because you're just cutting, you're you're really choking that trade off. Anything else? Um, what is the uh, what is the drawdown size that uh, you would have a trader reduce their size? So how much of a drawdown would they need to be in for a trader to reduce their size? So let's say you're trading uh, the S&P mini, uh, micros. Let's say that the S&P micros have a $1,200 uh, $1, margin. There's, margins are very important. Don't go shopping around for low margins. Uh, margins are the, the exchange's algorithmic process of defining risk. Uh, they mean something very, very important. So let's say margin is $1,200 and you're in your plan, and which is what I recommend, you trade 50% of margin. So you're, you're using $600 per contract in terms of buying power. If you, lose, if you gain the $600, you can add a contract. If you lose the $600, you need to reduce your size. And there comes a point where you're on a one lot and you can't reduce your size anymore. The starting margin requirement for an account is full margin per contract. So now I just funded an account, would say it's a small account, would say $3,600 or $5,000. The $5,000 gives me the right to four contracts. 5,000 divided by 1,200 uh, uh, dollars per contract is gives me four, four and a fraction, so I can only trade four. But gross, and reduction from there is based on 50% of margin. So if I lose 50% of margin, I have to reduce my size. If I gain 50% of margin, I can add. If I feel like I can handle another contract, I will add, and when I add that contract, I add it to my first scale out, then I add it to my next scale out, and so on. This is sustainable growth. It is very doable. Uh, it can be done, it's methodical, it's very, very business-like. Any other questions? We've run out of time, it's one o'clock. Is there anything big that I can uh, handle as a last question? Yeah, we could take one more. There's a question about if they're trading multiple setups, then what should they be tracking? Um, it says, I'm not sure how we can track results to measure success if each setup is different. Do we track results separately for each setup or the results as a whole? This is a great question because it shows, it's, it's a typical dilemma for traders. You're tracking results. I'm gonna ask you, what results are you tracking? What's the results you're tracking? Because does it matter what the setup is? The results I'm tracking is are, the key results I'm tracking for a small trader growing an account or a prop trader growing an account is the plan, versus the actual. So does it matter what the setup is? It doesn't, it doesn't. Did you execute? So we grade the setup, we grade the setup based on our execution of it. Yes, we track the setup's performance because we wanna know that it has an edge if the edge is degrading. So, you know, there's there's a feature within EdgeWatch or any other tool that you use to track performance or your own trade log where you just put down, okay, this is setup A, B, C, D, E, F. But really the main thing you wanna track is your execution versus the plan. So what the setup is, is not relevant. Um, 
Man, phone's been ringing off the hook today. Uh, what the setup is isn't so relevant. It's how you responded and how you traded that setup that is most important. Uh, and so to me, that's that's the key element you want to track. But there's also a trade log. We want to see, you know, what is the what is the result? What is the expectancy for that setup? What is the overall expectancy for all my setups? Is this an A plus setup or is it a C minus setup? But at first, please focus on your ability to execute. If I came to you, here's here's what you want to think about. Here's what you want to think about. If I came to you and I gave you my plan and I told you exactly what you have to do, is it important for you then to track the performance of the setup? It shouldn't be. I gave it to you. You're working for me. I wouldn't give you something that doesn't make money. What's important to you is tracking your performance in executing that setup. So you want to give yourself a grade for executing, for managing the trade, and then and then make a note of what you would do better if this exact same trade showed up again in the exact same environment, the exact same time. Is there anything you can improve? If there's nothing you can improve, boom, that's a that's a trade that you you did well on, move on and just repeat. So Stop thinking in terms of dollars. I know it's hard to do that, and I know it's counterintuitive to everything else you're hearing, but as long as the dollars are the focus for you as a trader looking to get funded or to uh, grow your account or whatever, if it's just the dollars that matter to you, the dollars are what's going to be elusive. It'll be very hard to get those dollars at the end of the day. Okay. So again, I invite you to go to uh, go check out Convergent Trading. Uh, obviously, uh, I founded the company, so be aware of that recommendation, but go to ct.pro forward slash store. In there, you'll find the different types of memberships. I suggest you just take a month and take a look if you're really looking to up your game. Uh, in there, you'll also find all the different features and benefits and all the details. Uh, I would love to keep influencing traders in a positive way and to show people what um, what it really takes to grow as a trader because that piece is is quite missing in our environment i leave you with that good luck today uh good luck on the rest of the day and trading and i'll catch you at the next uh at the next webinar take care everyone thanks for listening in